0: Oh, hi. So I was putting the children to bed the other night, and the strangest thing happened. Usually, it is quiet as can be after the sun goes down in our city. Oh, we live in Jerusalem, just so you know. Anyway, like I said, quiet as can be when the sun goes down. But not on this particular night. I heard footsteps outside, but they were strange footsteps, like someone was hurrying. And then they would stop, and then hurrying again. Well, that right there caught my attention. Then I heard some knocking. So I quickly settled the children, I blew out the lamp, and I tiptoed over to the window in the moonlight. I crouched down, trying to see what was going on outside, but not be seen myself, if you know what I mean. Well, all I could make out at first was that someone was at the door of my neighbor. But I could tell by their dress that it was a Pharisee. This had just become even more intriguing. I knew that Jesus, that sign worker Jesus, was staying at my neighbor's. Word had spread all over about a wedding he had been at. Oh, it was a disaster for the family. Ran out of wine halfway through the festivities. Oh, my goodness, talk about terrible. But word on the street was this Jesus took over. And wine, the very best wine anyone had ever tasted, flowed like the Jordan River for the rest of the wedding. Pretty unbelievable, if you ask me. But my neighbor had been there, and I'm having a hard time doubting her. I've known her all my life, I have. She's a God-fearing, Torah-abiding woman she is. I just don't think she would make this up. Well, anyway, seeing this tall Pharisee at her door made me nervous. Was he here because of the Jesus guy? There had been talk that this Jesus had done other signs as well as this wine thing. And then, last week, there was that disturbing scene in the temple courtyard. I wasn't there, but heard all about it. Tables flying through the air, animals running every which way. A mess it was. A total mess. So, yeah, a visit from a Pharisee seemed like trouble to me. They don't fancy showy types. Well besides themselves, you know, strict about the rules they are, strict, strict, strict. At any rate, I was now really curious, but I still couldn't see who this Pharisee was. Whoever it was, he knocks, and my friend answers the door. Sure enough, the visitor Jesus comes up behind her. I can't hear what they're saying, but he smiles big in the moonlight, nods his head, heads out the door with... That, I got to see the Pharisee, and lo and behold, it was Nicodemus. I couldn't believe it. If I wasn't curious before, now I sure was. We all love Nick. He's so interested in everyone's lives. The kind of guy you talk to and you feel like you're his favorite, like he doesn't care about anyone else but you. You know what I mean? The kind that kids ran to and the ladies all laughed easily with him. He was just a great guy. Why was he here? What did he want with this Jesus from out of town? Well, lucky for me, they went and sat on a stone wall just across from my house. And not only could I hear them, but the moonlight landed perfectly on them so I could see it all. It was dark all around, but Jesus and Nick sat in the light. Come to think of it, it made a rather pretty picture. Anyway, I began to wonder again, why had Nick come at night? He was such an affable guy. He was not out to cause trouble, usually. Why wouldn't he just bring the Pharisees' business to Jesus during the day? What had to be conducted in the darkness that couldn't be said in the daylight? But when he started to talk, I realized that this was not official business that brought him out in the middle of the night. No, he was here for his own personal reasons. Curious, it seems, just like the rest of us, who this Jesus was. Where was he from? How was he able to turn water into wine? As usual, Nicodemus was kind and direct, started right off apologizing for dragging Jesus out in the middle of the night, but also stating his curiosity. You must be from God. No one could do what you're doing apart from God. But you could hear the confusion in his voice, the questions layered throughout what might at first sound like a simple statement. And Jesus smiled that huge, warm, comforting smile again, and he cocked his head to one side, nodding his head, kind of like an agreement, kind of like, I get it, Nick, this is all a bit confusing, isn't it? But then he said something that I'm still shaking my head over. Jesus said, You see, Nick, You can't really understand God and be part of God's kingdom unless you are born again. It's actually a little more confusing than that, and I don't quite know how to explain this to you because the word Jesus used, anothen, it means lots of different things. It means again, but it also means from above. It also means anew. What would it be like? It would be like your word right. Does it mean correct? Or does it mean over here on the right side? So do I have to be born correct, or do I have to be born on the right side? It just made no sense. Poor Nick. He was as confused as I was, which made me kind of proud of myself, to be honest, because here this hoity-toity educated guy was as much in the dark as I was. How in the world can I be born again, Nick asked. I'm an old man already. I heard Jesus chuckle at that oh he knew what he was doing all right using that confusing word he knew nick would only hear it one way born again indeed jesus kept talking now it was about water and wind or once again maybe water and spirit because he was at it again using a word that had multiple meanings i don't know if you all have that much trouble as we do with our language but believe me it's confusing Pneuma, the word he used, well, it means wind, it means spirit, it means breath. So I'm thinking, what in the world is he really talking about? What does he really mean? It was all so darn bewildering. And I felt kind of bad for Nicodemus. He asked again what it all meant, and Jesus sort of poked some fun at him. I think he was teasing him, trying to get him to lighten up a bit. Aren't you one of the people's teachers, Nick? Come on, what do you mean you don't understand? Then he's telling Nicodemus that what is born of the flesh is flesh. Well, yeah, that part I get, right? My darling little children asleep right across the room from me where I'm crouching. You better believe they were born from the flesh. I have the scars to prove it. But he also says what is born of the spirit is spirit. What in the world does that mean? goes on talking about somebody called the Son of Man, and I'm thinking, who the heck is that? The Son of Man. But he says, whoever believes in this Son of Man has a new life, abundant life, full life, eternal life. And then I heard him say something that I will never forget. With unbelievable caring, he looked Nick in the eye and he said, Nick, God loves the world. God cares so much for you and everyone, for the entire world, actually, the whole cosmos, and not just Israel, but the whole world. God loves that much that God sent God's Son to the world, and that Son is me, and I was not sent to condemn any of you, very far from it. I was sent to love you, and to show you how to love, and to give you a chance to live in that love, love that brings salvation and redemption to every situation in your life, Nick, every situation, even the deepest struggles, the greatest losses, the most painful experiences, Nick, they can be brought into the light and redeemed by this love and that is why I am here, Nick. And that is why I want a relationship with you, with everyone, so that you can all have all of that. Hmm. Salvation and redemption. And I wondered, from what? Saved from what? Would I be saved from my fears that I walked around with every day? Would I be saved from the competition I always seemed to feel? Saved from jealousies? Saved from all those nagging feelings of insecurity? Would I be saved from always feeling like I needed the next newest and greatest oil lamp? Or the biggest house on the street? Or the new clothes that some of my friends always flaunted? Would I be saved from that distressing, empty feeling inside of me? Would it be filled with this love of which this Jesus spoke? Did being born of water and spirit mean that who I was and where I came from would no longer matter? Did it mean that my value didn't rest on coming from the right side of Jerusalem or having rich parents or going to the right synagogue? Would I get a whole new identity in this new birth from water and spirit that would free me from all those identities that lock us in and block us off from others oh my goodness my mind was just spinning Nicodemus had grown so quiet I wondered what he thought of all of this what did this new kind of life mean to him I wondered what he thought about this idea that the Son was not given to judge but to love. The Pharisees were all about judging. Were you following every single little rule exactly right? Believe me, they loved to judge. Did Nicodemus hear a threat to his purpose and very being, in Jesus' words? Or did he hear the freedom and the joy that I was hearing? And what did he think about this idea that the son was given for everyone? The Pharisees were big into salvation from God for Israel, but this Jesus, he was talking about a whole new ball game now. No more lines in the sand, no more who is in and who is out. What did Nick think of that? Then one of my children, one of my own dear, sweet babies, coughed in their sleep, and I looked over, and the enormity of what Jesus was saying really hit me. God's love, so big, so full, so abundant, that love was giving this gift of their son. I couldn't breathe just thinking about it. Giving your child to the world, the whole world, giving in such fathomless love, That was love I wasn't really able to imagine. But that was love I wanted to be a part of. I wanted this man, Jesus, to be a part of my life. Well, actually, I wanted to be a part of his life. I wanted this life he spoke about, this eternal, full, abundant life in my life. What kind of love is this? I'm not sure, but I want this kind of love. I want to be a part of that kind of love. I realized then that they were still down there chatting. I had missed their actual words. I was so mesmerized by Jesus' voice, tender, loving, full of inclusion and acceptance. I wanted to run outside and sit right down at his feet next to Nicodemus. I wanted to embrace him and then welcome him into my home, into my family, into every facet of my life. I didn't want him to leave. I didn't want their conversation to end. He was so soothing in his voice. I just wanted to listen more and more. I wanted him to keep talking, even though I was just eavesdropping. And yes, I wanted to be a part of his life, part of this love he spoke of so freely and joyfully. I want to be a part of that. Because it does seem to me that no matter what would happen to me in my life, that love would carry me, would comfort me would see me through. And while at first his words about being born again seemed so confusing, I realized it's really simple. All I had to do was accept this gift, accept this love that God has given through the Son. That's really all we have to do. I'm not sure Nick has accepted the gift yet. He still seems to be walking around in darkness even in the middle of the day. I suppose he may feel locked into his life, into his role as a Pharisee. I suppose for someone with so much standing in the community, all this freedom Jesus seems to offer could be scary. Maybe it's safer to stick with the old ways of rules and judging for someone like Nick. But that's not freedom in my book. Real life lies outside judgment, and this gift of love allows us to let go of all of that. As for me, I have to tell you, in the few days since I overheard them talking in the night, something has shifted in my life. I am different somehow. I don't have good words to explain it, but I am content in a way I never was before. I'm not searching for something. I'm not searching for anything. My life feels brighter and lighter, And I feel free from all the silly demands the Pharisees always put upon us and free as well from all the arguing they do with the Sadducees all the time about who is right. And something else, everyone else looks different to me. Somehow in a way that I cannot explain, my heart is more tender towards others, towards everyone, everyone, I mean even that crotchety busybody Naomi down the street. And I think it's all because I cannot get those words out of my head or heart. For God so loves the world to think. God loves the world, you and me, all the cosmos. So much so to give this gift of love. And all I have to do is accept that and live in the light that it brings. Oh my goodness, has my life changed. I hope yours will too. I hope you'll decide to step into the light and accept the gift of love. And I see that clock that those elders fixed, and I better get out of here or that pastor of yours is going to have a conniption. But step into the light, friends.